Okay. <laughs> I don't know why this is funny. It's not funny. Whoo! Hey, hi, hello. And welcome to another episode of me talking about some boss stem babes. Now, before I start, as you're listening, on your driver, whatever you're doing, I just wanted to say that I'm in the process of figuring out Patreon and such. And it's a legit challenge for me. Also, with that said, I do have an Etsy shop called Albanian Chemist. So, if you're looking for, like, a few cool stickers and such, like, literally, like, two, maybe three, go for it. You should totally check it out. Albanian Chemist. I am self-promoting. I know. It's pretty great. Also, I just realized that my episodes are labeled explicit, so I want to stop with the warning. I don't know. A part of me felt like I felt obligated to do that. So there's that. Also, side note, um, I started to talk about, I started to tell people about my podcast, like, for instance, my acting group, and they were so supportive and... Like, I'm still smiling from it, but I am so thankful for them. Fierce Backbone, you guys are amazing, and I honestly love the support that I get from you guys. It's it's truly amazing and wonderful. Also, I, like, told one coworker. Actually, so I told, like, two or three coworkers. There's, like, two coworkers that I'd totally be cool with them listening because I just enjoy working with them. I say enjoy with a few of them, but I feel more comfortable them listening to this podcast. Um, but then I told another coworker, and they're like, oh, we should totally put it on our newsletter. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to get fired. Then that means I have to look for another job. And that's a lot of work. Please don't fire me. But how's everyone doing today? Not like I could hear responses or anything, but I really hope that y'all are doing great. So yeah. As I said last time, I tried to get my shit together. I feel like I got my shit together. I'm getting on it. <sighs> That's life. That's enough stalling. Let's get on with it. Hi. I'm Lyria Donaletti, and I like to talk about boss stem bays because why the fuck not? Our next Boston babe is Sophie Gilmon. Guys, I am trying. I just wanted to say that. I actually have like little cliff notes going on, side notes. Anyways, so Sophie Gilmon, whose real name is actually Mary, but both her and her elder sister and her mother all had the same name. So they went with her middle name, which is Sophie. Sophie was born on April 1st, 1776 in Paris, France. This mathematician, physicist, and philosopher was a determined woman who really had a serious purpose in life. And when I tell you guys this her story, you'll see what I mean. In her time, women were not encouraged to go after math or science. Shocking, right? The women who were able to get an education were women who were raised in well-off families. But the thing is, it was reading and writing, no math and science. 
But the thing with Sophie is that her father had a huge library, and that was basically how it all started. Sophie got curious, started reading, and found math. Both of her parents went out of their way to keep her from studying math. They would do extreme things like putting out the fire when she needed, when it was bedtime, took the kennels out of her room because they were worrying, or they were worried about her. And it's kind of funny, like, her parents were literally worried that she was doing too much math. Also, why have such a huge library and then expect your child to not be curious about it? Also, also, her father was a silk merchant, side note. And the reason why I said that is because I'm not actually entirely sure because I saw a couple references where he was a silk merchant and then someone was like, oh, he was actually a blacksmith. And some people were saying they were actually well off and then some people were saying they weren't well off. But does it really matter? No. Because with Sophie we're talking about. And we just want to know about her journey. So I guess it kind of does matter. Anyway, money or no money, Sophie didn't seem like she needed money because she was able to educate herself. And she had parents making sure that she couldn't do that. Okay, also, side note, funny story. My parents always kept me away from anything that was like, this is bad for you. This is, you know, chemicals this, chemicals that, like everything. Side note, everything's a chemical. But they're just like, don't do this, don't breathe it. Like, literally, it'll be like rubbing alcohol. My dad's like, don't breathe those fumes. I'm a radio chemist. So I went for a pretty dangerous job. Note to self to parents, don't keep your kids away from the curiousness, from the curiosity, because they will pick dangerous jobs. Honestly, it's pretty cool. Not gonna lie. Okay, anyways, back to the queen herself. All right, so Sophie was like, no, I want to keep studying mathematics because fuck you, I want to. And you know what? She did. So, What she ended up doing was that she stole the candles and studied all throughout the night and she didn't care at all. And then one night, her parents found her asleep on her desk with some math problems. And then they realized they couldn't keep this away from her. So, even though they didn't approve of her interests, they loved her and... They're like, just do what you've got to do, but we're not going to support you and you're not going to receive any help. They just figured that she was going to outgrow it. Also, side note, as if she needed their help. And it's still pretty funny that they disapproved of her mathematics skills. But later in the years, Sophie's mother realized that this wasn't just a phase and that Sophie was going hardcore for this. So without her, without Sophie's father knowing... Her mother went and behind her back financially support her. Obviously, math actually didn't end up being her only interest, but psychology and astronomy. Okay, oh my god. So I didn't actually tell you how she like first started to get into like the whole mathematic world, so I'm going to backtrack even more so. When she was 13 years old, and this was, I think, during the first French Revolution, so... Her and other, her along with others were ordered to stay inside. So what does a kid have to do? The only thing they could really do is read in their father's ginormous library. One of the books that she found was, okay. One of the books that she found 
was J E Montucla Montuc is it Montuclas Le Histoire de Mathematiques Mathematiques. Ooh. And the story of is it R R R Comedes Wait, no, no. Archimedes. Ar Ar Archimedes. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. Archimedes. I think that's how you pronounce it. Archimedes. Archimedes. Okay. Anyways, so the story of his death would actually make you kind of question people. Um, a little bit about Archimedes. 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 Was that he was a well-known and respected mathematician, as well as astronomer in ancient Greece. But how he died is kind of entertaining. Um, maybe not. Anyways, I'll just I'll just say it. So this was during the siege of Syracuse, and he, this was he was on the beach. He was doing some mathematic problems on the beach. What I mean by that, he was drawing, like probably had a stick. He used the sand as his paper, the stick as his pen, pay, uh, pen, pencil, whatever. And I was doing mathematical problems on the sand. That was when the Roman soldiers came and was like, hey, you need to come with us. And he was like, no. And the Roman soldiers were told to specifically not to kill him. They're like, hey, the guy up top was like, don't kill this guy. He's great. And so what did the Roman soldiers do? They killed him. That's it. And he didn't want to leave because he was in the middle of a mathematic problem. So this kind of really interested her. And she wanted to learn more. And she got her hands deep down into math. But since she was a female, she was not really allowed to go anywhere or go to school or seminars. So now fast forward to the age, I believe, somewhere between 18 and 22. I want to say 18. This was, uh, there were some seminars being held, and she couldn't go into any of them. So she asked one of her male friends, classmates, friends, Hey, can I see your notes? And so they offered it to her. She literally went that far to go and get some notes. Just so she could analyze the seminar, the Seminars that are actually being held in the Academy in France by Professor Lagrange. I want to say Lagrange. So, once again, she was around 18 and 22 years. Well, anyway, grabbed their notes, started to study them, and eventually had some information that she wanted to share. She wanted to share what she was analyzing. So, okay, exactly. How did she do that? She was a woman. She can't just be like, hey, here are my notes, professor. And he'd be like, how the fuck did you get in here? Who the fuck are you? Well, in this seminar, students were required to send over written observations to which Sophie was like, this is my opportunity. I'm going to go do it. So she went under another name. She went under Monsieur Leblanc. And how she got that name was actually, I believe, was one of her classmates who name was um Anthony LeBlanc and she just said Mr. LeBlanc and last name I don't think the professor questioned it really the professor Legrange Legrange 
Le Grange. Le Grange. Okay. Was impressed with her work. And he wrote to her thinking that Sophie was Monsieur Leblanc. And the thing about it was that he actually ended up finding out that Monsieur Leblanc was none other than Sophie Germont. And he didn't mind. He was totally okay with it, and he was actually very encouraging. The Italians during those times were known to be more encouraging of women getting an education throughout Europe. So he actually ended up helping her and mentoring her and wanted to connect her with the right people. I mean, I'm assuming he wanted to connect her. I didn't find any resources, but like, why wouldn't he? She was a fucking genius, right? So back to him wanting to be her mentor. So he wanted to be her mentor. He realized how fucking smart she was. And the thing was that even though she was smart, she was disorganized. Well, it makes sense, right? She didn't get the proper teachings. And I guess being a little organized would have helped her a little bit with analyzing certain problems. So the professor wrote to his students to see if they could help at all. And they actually ended up writing her different problem sets so she could get a hang of things. The thing was, it was a little complicated. She was an unmarried woman and she was surrounded or she got the attention of other men and they couldn't really meet in society because rumors and all this other stuff. So it was never really face to face. Also, not everyone was a fan of educated women, even though Italians were more open at the time. It was like Italians were, and then French were kind of, and then the Germans were like, no. There was some biasness. Also, yes, I know it was held in France, but I also wanted to throw in about the Italian thing, because I did. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that in my other episodes about that. Anyway, so with it, everyone not being a fan, she didn't really want to be that much of a spotlight and also there was one man who openly did not respect her which is kind of ridiculous one time she was talking about is it Laplace Laplace exposition du système du monde Ex- so explanations for the system of the world but this dude she was like I don't respect you it was like you should read the other one this is not for women the other one is for women because there is no math and it probably just like has pictures. I'm pretty sure he said something like that in that exact tone. But he later wrote to her apologizing and she's like, ew, no, fuck you, unforgivable. Exactly in those words, maybe. And she never forgave him as she should. Like she has no reason to forgive someone like that. Anyway, she then wrote to Legrand, Le Legrange. So, okay, so sorry. <laughs> I had a brain fart. So she wrote to Legrand, Le Jean, Jandre, Le Gendre? Is that it? Okay, so backstory on him this is a guy that gave examples on how 3.14 pi is irrational, but his main work was more on elliptical integrals. And so she wrote to him about how there was some problems in his 19, sorry, in his 1798 um, essay on the theory of numbers. I did not want to read that in French, 
so I I got the translation of it. Um, I mean, esa se le theory de nombre number. Esa se le okay. So <laughs> the essay of theories of numbers, which he ended up actually including her corrections in his second edition. What's really cool about is the life that she ended up saving, Professor Goss. So. I'm pretty sure if you guys have taken some sort of maybe math class, you have heard of Carl Frederick Gauss. Um, at the age of 25, she contacted the professor to share some of her findings with him. But back then, Germans were even more reluctant at having educated women, so of course she kept with her Monsieur Blanc name. She told them um, that she was a student and that she was interested in number theories. Of course this man was impressed by her observations. So, they ended up being in communication for years, and he had no idea. Then, in the early 1800s, the French started to occupy Germany. Sophie was afraid of Gauss's life. Contact a family friend who was a general in the French army to make sure that his life was protected. He didn't realize until some time later that Sophie was protecting him and Sophie was also Monsieur Blanc. So he was like, who's this Sophie chick? Why is she trying to protect me? And then he ended up putting several puzzles together and then he realized who Sophie was. He was shocked. And guess what? He ended up giving Sophie his full support and helped her in anything that she needed with her studies. It's really crazy that she had to pretend to be a male first in order to get like some sort of recognition, or not recognition, I guess, recognition, to see how fucking smart she is. All right, now let's get on her work. Let's start talking about Sophie's work, shall we? Sophie worked well with theorems, such as um, her own theorem, which states, for an odd prime exponent P, if there exists... An auxiliary prime zero, such there are no two non-zero consecutive p powers. Okay, p powers module. Okay, mo module zero. Nor p itself is of to its own power. And then, in any solution to the format equation, p. E oh, sorry, z p equals x p plus y p. What of x y or z must be divided by p. I understand that last part. Anyway, so I got this from um, Hannah, is it Kegley or Kegel? And uh, she had a paper on her, so I got it from that. Um, it's been a while since I took any math classes. Anyway, actually backtrack. So the title of the paper is The Princess of Mathematics in Format's Last Theorem. The Princess of Mathematics. Love it. Okay, at the age of 25, Sophie came up with a proof of P greater than 2 and less than 100, which was then proven by Andrew Wiles in 1993. I wish I could give more explanation as to what that means. But other than that, you know what? Fuck it. Her theories and proofs are still proven years later. That's all we need to fucking know. And it's fucking beautiful. Sophie ended up becoming interested in applied mathematics as well. And how this came about was because a professor from the French Academy of Sciences stated that there was a problem in which vibration of elastic surfaces became unsolvable. And Sophie was like, I'm going to solve it. 
It took her about five years to come up with the answer, so then she submitted it. The work was a little bit inadequate, but Sophie was not about to let like bring that down. She did get an honorable mention. She did get with that, and it brought her down a little bit, so she kept on fighting. At the age of 40, she submitted once more for a third time, and with this, she included a fourth-order partial differential equation. So, I kind of, I understood this a little bit more, like a wee bit. Anyways, partial differential equation, or PDE, are equations for vibrations in a beam, and not to get confused with wave equations of string, um, which is actually pretty fucking cool. Holy shit. Okay. I wanted to get, like, I had, I had, like, a picture of it, and I really want to put it, if I... Remember, I do want to put it on the Patreon once I get it all together. But anyway, she actually won an award for her work. Her work on vibrations of an elastic plate was published in 1821 to where Claude Navier was amazed by it. He was a French mathematician. He was so impressed that a woman was able to write something that so few men were able to understand. She was admitted to the French Academy of Sciences fucking duh and things started to look up for her gauss was by her side and helping her and trying to get her to be a professor at the university of uh gotten 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 gin so he really did see potential in her even though it seemed as if she was going to live this beautiful life as a mathematician the universe unfortunately had other plans for her she was diagnosed at the age of 42 with breast cancer. Now, breast cancer didn't stop her from doing what she loved doing the most, which was to work on her number theory. Even though her time on Earth was cut short, she still did astonishing things. She suffered the next three years until her death in 1831. A few years later, Gauss's convincing of the university to give Sophie an honorary doctorate finally went through. But it was already too late. One of the most beautiful part of this friendship, mentor, mentory, was that they actually never met face to face and they only communicated by exchanging of letters. Even after her death, she was never mentioned are seen or honored by the French as a mathematician. There was no mentions of it, of her contributions to math on her death certificate. When the Eiffel Tower was completed in Paris in 1889, the names of all the individuals who were instrumental in erecting the tower were engraved on the building. The principles that Sophie discovered about the elasticity of vibrating surfaces were necessary to proper engineer of the tower. Without her work and the work of others who continued her studies, the building of the Eiffel Tower would not have been possible. It is unsettling to note that Sophie's name was not included on the cornerstone. But Sophie's contributions were recognized by her colleagues, men as well as women. Mathematics and scientists build on her work, 
and many of her struggles were rewarded. She succeeded in giving serious purpose to her life. Once again, celebrating women in mathematics and science. Thank you for this book, Mother. Now, these stories make me seriously go on an emotional roller coaster, and I'm pretty sure you all can feel it too. <laughs> and sense it. Women do so much work, but they end up being killed or getting unrecognized or both. And honestly, that shit hasn't stopped in today's world either. Women literally just existing is a sin for us. With all this said, let's, let's, let's go over her accomplishments, shall we? Of course, her own theory, to which has been proven to this day, she was the first woman to be awarded the France Royal Academy. Her theory of elasticity and number theory, which is still used today. Also, Sophie Primes, a prime number, is a Sophie Prime if 2 plus 1 is also prime which actually helped improve Format's last theorem. So, the next time you're in your math class and you learn about elasticity theory and number theory, take a second to think about Sophie... Oh my gosh. Sophie Jelon, because she was one Boston babe. Y'all, this just goes to show that if you set your mind to it, you can do it. And... I hope all you Boston babes out there are listening. Just go for it. It's hard. It really is. And honestly, it probably will never get easier. And it'll just be a roller coaster. But if there is good purpose into what you're doing, you'll make it through. Anyways, y'all are amazing. And... I cannot wait to get started on our next boss STEM bait, Mary Fairfox Somerville. I'm Liri Donaletti, and I like to talk about boss STEM bays because why the fuck not? <laughs> <laughs>